Connect and be blessed by the teachings of Pastor Charles Sinyaba, which will enable you to live a distinguished and supernatural life. Pastor Charles Sinyaba is a young and anointed man of God and preacher of the gospel. He is the head pastor of the Hopewell Revival Church, a vibrant supernatural youth church and the praying family, a non-denominational fellowship on KNUST campus. Have an expectation and prepare your hearts to receive from God as you connect to the undiluted word of God. Let's delve into today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are blessed to be here? Amazing. Somebody's amazing. Now, I want us to do something. John 3, 2. John chapter 3, verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, uh-huh. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Amen. Now, a man came to Jesus at night. Learn to go to Jesus at night. Don't be watching movies at night. Learn to have time for Jesus at night. Now, he is a big man. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we've seen you do mighty things. We've seen you raise the dead. We've seen you open the blind eye. We've seen you heal the dumb. We've seen you change Manchester's life. Oh my God. <laughs> we've seen you do mighty things. But we were here before you came. And we can attest to the fact that the things you are doing can never be attributed to man because we know what man can do. But with the things you are doing, except God be with the man, no man can do them. Please listen to what I'm telling you. Now this, this is a big man coming to another man and he's trying to tell the man, we have been here before you came. We've seen things. It's like a rich man explaining to you that we have traveled everywhere. It didn't me. But for a rich man to go to another man to ask questions, this thing you are doing, how are you able to do them? That is why he said, no man can do these things. That means, I know things men can do, but with what you are doing, no man can do, except God do them. You know, I've been praying for people by the grace of God, and God in his mercy answers some of them. But yesterday, God did amazing things. And not just yesterday, he has been doing so many things now in our lives as a ministry. The speed we are enjoying, eh? no man can do these things except God be with Charles Nyaba. Because if God listens, am I talking to somebody? You see, until a man comes to that point, eh, you may lose God. Don't let men say, hey, wonderful, wonderful, who is a wonsra? But a Nyamia Dumbina Masa wonsra, or Kalanda Sodao. <laughs> Having to realize that there are some ladies using all kinds of hair cream, but they're not getting hair. Anna, but with yours, you just do this bucket and it comes. I know a lady, I, I had to pour oil. Oil. Yes, I even prayed for you, and God did wonders. <laughs> all the ladies who Akati has. Catalyze your hair. Receive miracle hair growth. You may think it's not working, but it is working miraculously. So we are going to give God some more today. Yes. 
What do you think? Now you see, the reason why you are not clapping is because you didn't come for yesterday's service. Yesterday, I explained that those who don't clap are prisoners. Those who don't dance are prisoners. And very soon, they will join the mortuary. Why am I saying this? I'm not prophesying that you will die. But the scripture says, I shall not die. But I will live and... Did he say, I will, I will live and go to the club? I will live and... The goodness of God. So how come when you are in church, you don't want your hands to clap? <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. How many people are glad to be in church? Let me tell you this. Never be far from church. Always endeavor to be in church. Always endeavor. Oh, it should be your end. Like it's a Sunday by my own prayer. Unless you don't know the value of church. I'm still speaking about the duties of your shepherd. Hallelujah. So, I want you to know the duties of who God has given you as a pastor. His duties in your life. His role in your life. What God has sent me to do in your life. Now, for instance, when you go to a hospital, you know the role of a doctor in your life. So, when you enter the hospital and he appears, you know definitely there are some instructions the doctor would ask you to do. For instance, if you have a lawyer, there are things or there are roles or there are duties the lawyer plays in your life. You get what I'm trying to say? So people have lawyers. Personal, may you have a personal lawyer. Amen. You don't know how sweet it is. May you have a personal lawyer. Amen. May you have a personal doctor. Amen. May you have a personal something. Amen. A personal driver. Amen. May you have a personal security personnel. Amen. Personal driver. Personal husband. Amen. Personal wives. Hallelujah. And the moment they become your personal something, there are roles they play. Say they play. play. Yeah. So I spoke to you about the fact that pastors or shepherds are a guide to the sheep. And we established a fact that you were a sheep. Yesterday we spoke about the fact that you were a sheep, right? How many people believe you are a sheep? And I'm the shepherd. Clap for yourself, you are a sheep. So we spoke about the fact that shepherds are a guide. Number two, they pray for you. Number three, they ensure that you walk in the truth. Hallelujah. And who gave the shepherds? I'm repeating this again. It was not Akufwado. It was not Mahama. It was God who gave me to you. God gave me to you. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Read it. 11 and 12. You see, don't play with a pastor whom God has given to you. Anytime you downplay such men, you are telling God he's not wise. That was what Michal was telling God. How can a man like David be dancing like that? I mean, are you wise? You are a king. For God's sake, you are a king. So behave like a king. <laughs> and David said, I'm a king. Do you know the one who made me a king? He's the one I'm dancing before. So you realize that it was God who made David a king, not the people of Israel. It was God who made him a king. So David said, it is not the people who, so forget about the people. Let me dance before the one who made me a king. 
So you see, Mikam was talking about people and David was talking about God. I don't know if I'm making sense. Mikam was saying, the people who made you a king, you are dancing dirty before and David said, hey, hey, keep quiet. Keep quiet. It is God. Now let's look at it. Read it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people. So Christ himself gave Charles Nyaba to Nanama. For what? To equip her. Are you telling me that the Holy Spirit is not enough? He's enough. But in the wisdom of God, in addition to the Holy Spirit, he gave men. Who are these men? These are men the Holy Spirit will feel to equip you. When you take your car to the filling station, the machine just can't come out and say, Krrk. So in as much as you've driven your car to a filling station, there is somebody to take that jackman to fill your car. They are not the ones filling you, but they are vessels being used to fill. So men of God are not the ones to fill you, but they are vessels carrying the petrol to fill your car. So God in his wisdom would intentionally select. That is why when you are going to um, work at a place, they ask you, they inquire, bring your CV, whether you qualify. Now, how does God qualify a man of God? Does he need a special skill? No. God qualifies men of God through grace and mercy. That means that God does not consult any man to select a man. God uses his mercy and grace to choose a man. Yes. In the eyes of men, probably you need a first class. You need to be articulate. You need to be very smart. You need to be very beautiful like Coco. I've been a Coco, right? I wish you a Coco. Yeah. Yet there are, there are some requirements you need to meet before they employ you. But in the curriculum of God, you, as a man of God, me, I don't even know how God chose me. That's what I was telling him. I don't even know why you chose me. I was telling him down there. I don't even know why you chose me. Why? Why would you use Charles Nyaba? Me, I've not been to a Bible school. I'm not even articulate. I'm not even smart. I'm not even, you know, that God decided to say, that very day when my father was having sex with my mother and the Holy, Holy Ghost said you see the Holy Ghost assented and God said I will, God didn't select the teacher God didn't select the fashion designer God didn't select the lawyer God selected the last one Charles Nyaba so men of God are chosen by mercy and grace and that is why sometimes you can know somebody and suddenly when God chooses them, they start doing things they're like, hey, we're bearing here. Yeah. It's mercy and grace. Mercy means God overlooking your fault and grace means God empowering you throughout your fault. Like, what is it? But you see, I like the tree song. Ofania property, and say no, 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 my God. So now, when God picks a man like me, what does He do? He anoints me with His power. Then He sends me. I've spoken about this. I'm really echoing it again. God anoints the man. Then He assigns the man to a particular group of people. Now look at this. The Bible declares that He gives some prophets, some apostles, some for the perfecting of the saints. 
and for the work of the ministry. So now, how do men of God perfect you? Or how do I equip you as your man of God? As your shepherd God has given you, how do I equip you? Number one. I'm, now let me say fourth one. I equip you by releasing the word or the message God wants. Like for instance, if God wants you to hear a certain message, I'm the vessel God uses me to convey such a message to you. So you get equipped through your man of God by the messages he releases or hears from God and conveys it to you. Hallelujah. The shepherds God has given you are responsible for relaying messages from the Lord to the people of God. Ezekiel 33 verse 1 to 2. Quickly. Am I talking to somebody? Now, don't forget the scripture. He gave some apostles, right? Oh, right? Yes. yes. Some pastors, right? Yes. Evangelists, right? Yes. For the perfecting of sin. Another scripture will say, for the equipping of the saints. How do I equip you as a saint in God? When I bring you the messages God wants you to hear. It equips you. Now, do you know that there are some messages when you hear, it breaks you down? Oh, come on, church. Yes. Now, match out home. I'm equipping you to shout. <laughs> so now she realized that even though I didn't say anything, but my action sent a message to you, and you responded. My God. So men of God are agents sent by God to you to equip you. And how do I equip you? By sending you a message or by telling you the mind of God through the word of God. Yeah, I tell you what God wants you to hear. Ezekiel 33 verse 1 to 2. Ezekiel chapter 33. The word of the Lord came to me. Now, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. Uh -huh. Son of man. Son of Charles Nyaba. Speak to your people. Speak to your people. So you realize that anytime God puts a man in charge of a people, the people become the people of God, the people of the man. It's like God has said, now, put my name there, let, let's, let the people understand it. Quickly. The word of the Lord came to Charles Inyaba. Uh -huh. Charles, Charles, speak to your people. So everybody here, God has put you under my care, as far as you believe that I'm your shepherd. Speak to your people uh -huh. and say to them. And say to them. So I don't create my words to tell you. I hear and I tell you. Now, when I hear and I tell you what God wants you to hear, it is in your ability to receive that brings an equipment to you. Now, for instance, a car can be parked in a filling station, but you realize that if it is not filled, it can be moved. So you only move when you hear, and in your hearing, you are being filled. Your ears are the tanker, like your, the entrance of the petrol. You realize that every, um, well, should, every car has a petrol tanker, right? And every petrol tanker has an entry point, right? Good. And everybody, your entry point is your ears. Yeah, that's where God fills you. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? 
Now, how many of you came to church some time ago and then you were so down, but after they said you felt so quickened? It's like something like, oh, come on, church, you are in church. Don't lie, please, don't. <laughs> how many of you came to church some time that you were down or you were trusting God for a particular word, an idea or something? And when I said, once the pastor was, was like, he was talking to you. So that's the confirmation of the scripture. Read it again. The word of the Lord came to me. The word of God came. Uh-huh. Son of man. Charles Inyaba. Speak to your people. Tell the people. And say to them. And say to them. When I bring the sword against the so, land. You see, we are men of God who hear from God. So your shepherd is supposed to hear from God. No, you can also hear from God. But sometimes God can decide to choose in his mercy to use a shepherd to convey a particular message to you. I'm talking to somebody. Now, in that message is your revival. In that message is your equipment. In that message is your miracle. In that message is your healing. In that message is your restoration. And that is why it is very expedient sometimes, eh? not sometimes, almost all the time. As far as it is in the light of the scriptures, you must obey the things that your, your pastor is telling you. You must. As far as it is in alignment to the word of God, don't downplay it. At that very instance, God may be talking to you through your pastor, but you may not know. Say hallelujah. I'm never being blessed. So number one, God uses shepherds to convey messages to you. Benedict, are you getting me? Yeah. Number two, shepherds convey messages of hope to the people of God. That is, when they are facing hopeless situation, when they are downcasted, when they are broken, when they are rejected, when they feel helpless, when they feel rejected, the how many of you sometimes, like some time ago, you were so helpless, rejected, battered, shattered, grounded. It's like things were not working until suddenly a shepherd appears with a rod and starts to comfort you. They appear with a rod. And with the staff to comfort you. And today in the name of Jesus, I release the rod and start to comfort you. Yeah. Sit down. So God can speak to the pastor to convey a message. But within the message, one particular message God loves communicating to his people is the message of hope. Why does God like conveying the message of hope? Because we're in a hopeless world. And we need a hopeless word. Set up, set up. Hello? We are in a hopeless world. And in order to be stabilized in this world, you need a word. Don't forget, in the word of God, there are two things light and life. All my life, you have been faithful. Barakasaya. And all my life, you have been so. Oh. Now let me repeat it. In this world we are, we are in a hopeless world. The government can't give you hope. Your family can't give you hope. But the only one who can give you hope is God. 
But how does God give us hope? Through the shepherd he has given us. So you come to church, you are bruised, you are broken, and the shepherd sees you with the oil, with the rod, and with the staff. So they show you broken. They show you shattered by, by your encounter with the ministry of a shepherd, you are risen. clear example is in Mark chapter 5. A young man was possessed with demons. He was a young potential young, I mean filled with energy, abilities, treasures. And yet demons had shattered the guy's life until the good shepherd Jesus appeared. And the Bible says when Jesus appeared one assignment was Jesus appeared to lose the guy to become a deliverer. Barakafua. Now listen, the guy was living in a hopeless situation. Why am I saying he was living in a hopeless situation? Why would you be born into a family for them to reject you, to die in a cemetery? And some of you, though you are born into a family, but you know you don't belong there. It's like there is no belonging in the family. They don't really believe in you. They don't believe that anything good can come out of you. It looks like you are, you are even in a circle of friends. Whenever they are doing things, they don't even involve you. Just like the madman of Gadara, he was rejected. He was in the cemetery. And to the extent that they will bind him with chains and fetters. How do you bind human beings with chains and fetters? It simply means that the guy had been turned into an animal. He has passed the stage of what? Madman. And now he's like an animal. But by the encounter with the ministry of a shepherd, there was hope. There was what? There was what? There was what? You realize that he was in a hopeless situation. But a man of hope appeared and there was light. And today I announce there is light. I declare light. Don't joke with the ministry of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, don't forget that to every man of God, our chief shepherd is Jesus. He breathes upon us and we are, we are empowered to come and bring you out. Are you getting me? The guy was dying. A young man. Hopeless. Down. Rejected. Then suddenly a good shepherd appears. And says, hey, don't worry, I'm here. I'm here to heal you. I'm here to bring you back on track. I'm here to change your life. Just get yourself together. And Jesus spoke to the guy. That's what I said. The Bible declared. I said in the first point, shepherds convey messages from God. So that instant, the message God wanted to communicate to the hopeless guy was be free. Don't clap to a message you don't understand. Let me repeat it. Sit down. Let me repeat it. I said in the first point that shepherds convey messages to the people of God. And the madman of Gadara, at the state in which he was in, he didn't need money. He needed restoration. He didn't need what? He needed what? A message of what? Restoration. Why? Because what do you give money to a madman for? That's why sometimes God gives us different messages at every point in time. Once you think somebody needs money, there are people who have money but they are failing their health. There are people who have money but they don't have peace. So sometimes when you come to God can give you a message of peace and suddenly boom, it breaks away their destruction in your life. So pastors or shepherds or your pastor conveys a message of hope to you. 
Even when everything around you seems to be going down, it looks like your pastor looks at you and says, you are going to rise. You're like, pastor, oh, pastor, there's a chance. Like, I'm telling you, that, like, you are coming from a poor background. I'm looking at you and say, you are a rich man. I'm like, you're like, Pastor Charles, please, you don't understand. Today, I'm not eating, no, please. I mean, don't give me this crap. Do you know why? Do you know why? When you look at yourself, you don't see anything. But when I look at you through the word of God, I see something. <laughs> that is why in Luke, the Bible declares that when a, a shepherd had hundred shepherds, and one went astray, and the Bible said he went and found, you see, good shepherds, that's so that people I follow them. Follow, calling. Call some people, message them. Send them a message. Listen to this message. Why? I am following because I'm a good shepherd. Now the Bible says, when he finds the sheep, he puts it on his shoulder. That means this was what you thought was not going to recover. Now he has recovered. Look at him. This is a sheep you thought was not going to come back. Now he's back. And the Bible says, when he brings back the sheep, he throws a party. Isn't that amazing? God will let somebody throw a party for you. So God uses your shepherd to convey a message of hope to you. Shepherd conveys messages of hope to the people of God. There are some of us, we don't even have hope for tomorrow. Do you know why you don't have hope for tomorrow? Because where you are coming from, there is no sign of you rising in life. I'm telling you the truth. Some of you were, if not for the abuse of the shepherd, you may even repeat the mistakes of your father and your mother. If not for the ministry of pastors, imagine if Jesus had not gone to the madman Gadara, wouldn't he have died as a madman? But by the appearance of a good shepherd, the guy was restored. By this encounter today, I decree your restoration. Hey, today, if I speak, don't forget, I said pastors bring messages over. And the message, it can be a message of hope, restoration, healing, repentance. It can be any message because I'm a messenger. God is the one who releases the message. So when God looks at the situation, he determines what message might come to at one particular time. So for instance, if you need one, that's why I can declare more when it comes. Hello? I you get what I'm trying to say? So number one, your pastor conveys messages from God to you. And number two, within the message, there is a message of hope. When I look at Benita, she may not see herself to be what God is showing me. That's something the prophet can look at you and say, I see you becoming great. Hey, prof, prof, prof. Great even outcome. I see you getting married to a great man. What's it? What's it? Prof, I'm not messing with you. But you never know that maybe out of the mate will come a prosperous man. Am I talking to somebody? In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Don't forget, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And every good shepherd must be equipped. One true sign that you are a good shepherd is you must be equipped. And in the realms of the spirit, one true sign that a man of God is a good shepherd to you or your pastor is a good shepherd is number one, he must equip you with the word of God. He must equip you, he must load you with the word of Say word of he must load you with the word. Yesterday I spoke about what? Open heavens. I'm talking about that, you and your pastor. Tomorrow I have something else to talk about. Every day something will talk. 
10.38. How God anointed Charles Inyaba who went about healing animals, human beings. So God anoints shepherds and they go about. When they come to you and you are broken, they boom, power comes upon you. Let me explain the scripture. How God anointed your pastor. Then he moves from his hostel or his apartment. Then he walks to wherever you are. And when he comes to you, when he looks at your situation, he anoints you and you are out. Hello? When God anoints your pastor, he anoints your pastor for every situation you will go through. Not some, all. Why? The anointing is not limited to one thing. It is for everything. What am I saying this? Isaiah 61. Now, this is what happens when God sends you a pastor with hope. The anointing they come with. Isaiah 61. Uh-huh. Isaiah chapter 61. Uh-huh. The spirit of the sovereign Now, Lord. I am not preaching for you to depend on me. I'm only letting you know my role in your life. When you read Ezekiel 33, it talks about the role of a pastor. But Ezekiel 34 talks about pastors who were supposed to play a particular role and they didn't play. And it talks about God was against the shepherds. If I talk to you about how God will judge me as a pastor over your life, you may not, you may not even like it. I'm telling you, God is going to judge me specially. Go and read Ezekiel 34. It talks about the pastors who have not looked for people, who have not fed them well, who have not taken care of them. And now God says, yeah, their pastors have become his enemies. If I don't take care of you well by feeding you with the word of God, I become God's enemy. Now imagine me becoming God's enemy. And that is why no matter who you are, I will tell you the truth. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, I will tell you the truth. Because for me to tell you the lie and become God's enemy, I'd rather tell you the truth for you to become my enemy and I'll become God's friend. And the truth will always set you free. The truth will always set. It will not bring you down. It will always set you free. Why would you be dating somebody's father? Why? Now, let's look at the anointing over my life as your shepherd, as your pastor. Isaiah 61. Quickly. Verse 1 to 7. Isaiah chapter 61. Please pay attention to this one. So you realize that there are times when I'm preaching, I talk about purity. I mentioned purity. I mentioned purity. That is a message to somebody. And maybe probably within the message, I talk about God is bringing you out. It's a message to somebody. I talk about total restoration. It's a message for somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. So your shepherd carries a message of hope. Whilst your families have given up on you, you come to church and Pastor Luke is like, when he's preaching, he's like, he's always tapping you and saying, God is going to lift you. Am I preaching to somebody? The very day you hear a disappointing message, there is a day when you come to church, a pastor will look at you and say, God is about to change your story. You're like, ah. It's like, that, that's the day somebody says something bad to you. And that will be the very day when you come to church, the message will hit you, bam. You see, men told you their report, but whose report will you believe? Is it God's report or men's report? That is why sometimes when I'm preaching, I say, God is changing your kidney now. Amen. Hey, man of God, you don't understand. When I went for a checkup on Saturday, the doctor said, my ampoule, my anus, hey, anus, all the news, God created them. And as a servant of God, I am telling you that there is nothing impossible for God. And he says, I should tell you, he's restoring you now. Amen. So you realize that you leave the service equipped with hope that there is hope for the future. Do you know why people commit suicide? There is no shepherd equipping them with the word of God. There is no message in their life. 
Let me say this. Your world will be full of darkness until there is a word from God. Your world will continually be empty until there is a word. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void. Until God spoke, the earth would have been formless and void. But realize that when God spoke, there was life. There was light. There was creation. So through the word of God, through the mouth of your pastor, there is life. There is joy. There is peace. There is marriage. Today, we see something from God today. Isaiah chapter 61. Look at the blessings in Isaiah 61. Uh-huh. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Now, there's a spirit upon me right now. Uh-huh. Because the Lord has anointed me. Because the Lord has what? Now, to be anointed simply means to be equipped. So, God has equipped me as your pastor. To do what? To proclaim good news to the poor. Bad news. So, the good, there is a good news for anybody who is poor here. Am I prophesying to the wrong people? Did you hear the word of God? That's what I'm saying. Pay attention to the word of God. If not, eh, it, will, it, it will shock you. To every poor man, there is a good news from God. The poor is supposed to die poor. But in the word, the poor is supposed to die with good news. In the world, the poor must be a beggar. But when you enter the word, the poor will become a one to produce abundance. After today, you have enough to give. Amen. You have enough to give. Amen. Enough to save. Amen. Instead of being a borrower, you'll be a giver. Amen. That's what the, you see, am I the one saying it? No. So now I'm conveying a message from God. Do you understand? I'm conveying a message from the word of God to you. Why do you know who you're hearing? And God is saying that I should tell you, the one who thinks we're a poor man, that there is a good news. What is the good news? You will not die poor. Amen. You see the message? Are you getting it? Yes, you are born into a poor family. But what is the word of God to your situation? The word of God is proclaim to the poor. There. Good news. There. Good news. Proclaim to the poor. That means that no matter how poor you are, there is a word from God to you. Amen. So to the poor, there is good news. What is the good news? God is able to pick you from the downhill and he will put you among the princes. Amen. What is the good news? You are like Esther. Your father is dead. Your mother is dead. But by the grace of God, you will never eat grass. You will enjoy Amen. grace. Preaching and me preaching. But you realize that sometimes the lady said, when we are at Ojampa, I call for those who are employment, right? And she connected for somebody abroad. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, the person said, oh, I've gotten a job. How do you, you see, that means, you see, as a shepherd, the lady believed that there was an anointing on me. There was an anointing. The anointing is not limited. It is only limited to those who doubt. But it is limitless to those who believe. Are you getting my message today? To the poor, there is a message for the poor. Nobody here will die poor. Amen. I said, nobody here will die poor. Amen. Why won't you die poor? Because God says there is a good news for somebody here. Amen. Yes, read it. 
He has sent me to bind up the broken heart. So you realize that God has addressed the poverty people, the poor people, right? Has he addressed the poor people? Yes. Now he's addressing who? Broken heart. No, so broken. So if a guy broke your heart, God has you mind. Am I preaching to the right people? Yes. How many ladies have had broken heart before? My God. You've had broken heart before? From who? When? Which year? This year? Oh! Father, mend her heart. Amen. Amen. So you realize that there is a message for the poor. And number two, there is a message for the broken hearted. Why? God knows that when we all come to church, not all of us have one problem. Different colors, but what? There is different problem, but one people. Obu a broken heart. Obu a poor, poor uh, poverty problem. Obu a broken heart. Onu nyiska semo. Oska ba wa sponsor boy na ma ze boy na tena kuma. So realize that there is a special anointing on your pastor to heal broken hearts. And also, just for a kuma kono kwatese o mezo for. Oh, my son is <laughs> oh, my pastor is there. He will heal me right now. <laughs> the broken heart is not only relationship. Things that break your heart. There is a special anointing to heal. Amen. As I stretch my hands and as I wave, as your pastor be healed of every pain. Amen. Be healed from every pain. Amen. Be healed from every pain. Your heart is healed. Amen. Receive a healing. Sit down. So realize that there's a first message that is addressed. Do you know that some people don't have what to eat this week? They don't have what to eat this week. But you see, there is a good news for you. What is the good news? God will take care of you. It's a good news. God is not only saying live a pure life. The same God saying live a pure life is the same God saying have abandoned life. It's not wonderful. So realize that you come to church, you are broken. There is no money in your pocket. Why is she? Now, as our past life, me bow down. Frequency mensa, frequency mensa, frequency mensa. Our past life. Neighbor, from Mr. George, Mr. George, Mr. George. Father Bernard, Father Bernard. Many of you have been there before. It's like your past was like Satan was reminded, Mr. Joy, better take care of you. Ah, ah. When Kabadisa Kara, a dear settler cry. And I say, Oh, Banya Mimua, I didn't have a friend to fall for the knee. Ah, baby, so for the baby, Mr. Mr. But God is a good God. That's why in Isaiah 61, he said, to the poor, proclaim. To the brokenhearted, proclaim. Hey, God is good. To the poor, proclaim this to them that they will not go empty stomach. You will not walk forever. Amen. I see companies rising here. Amen. Is it a good news? Yes. That you will not be like this forever. Is it a good news? Yes. Do you know that when a doctor tells you we can't do anything about it, it's a bad news. Yes. But God does not speak that language. It's not in the dictionary of God. God. Look at someone and say, I will not end like this. Do you know some guys who used to 
Like they need Danny Cam, Danny Cam. My God. I know a certain lady back in class two. No, the Iranian back awadia or some other nibi. But I saw who Danny preached. I know she saw that day. I said, please forgive me. I didn't know that you were going to be like this. You can go there. I said, girl, I said, commander, I'm sorry. Wow. My God. How many ladies say a guy despised you when you were in JHS, but now when he looks at your ship? My God. When he looks at the hair, something has changed. Are you getting me? I am here prophesying to some people eh? you will not die as a poor person. Amen. Listen, that is the message from God to you. He said, you see, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim. So God has anointed me to proclaim to some people here who are coming from a poor background. Listen, you are coming from there, but there is a good news that you will not end. Till you are coming from a poor background. Do you know some of us, where we are coming from, it looks like that's how we are going to end. That's the picture. Satan has printed for us. But there is a good news from the word of God. He said, proclaim to the poor. The one from a poor family. The one with a poor health condition. The one with a poor academic background. Proclaim to that person that after today, there is a change of story. Amen. That's what, I'm not the one saying it all. I'm only a messenger with a message. And what is the message? Proclaim to the poor. Proclaim to the poor. Proclaim to the poor. That means prophesy to the poor. There is an agent. Listen, there are angels. I saw an angel at your back right now. Lift up your hands. Anything that must change in your life from today, change is happening. Mm. You see, I'm telling the angels here any garment of poverty, any garment of failure, today I change your story. Amen. As the shepherd God has anointed to proclaim this message to you, your life is changing. Amen. Your life is changing. Amen. Am I the one saying it? God said, proclaim it to them. And I proclaim as one sent by God. That what has broken your heart is giving way to a good news. Amen. Is giving way to a good news. Amen. Turn it this way. Really. Are you not seeing the message in one message? There are different messages in one message. Proclaim to the poor. Proclaim to the broken hearted. Huh? To proclaim freedom for the captives. So those who are in prison, I hear freedom. Amen. Did you hear it? So first one, proclaim to the poor. Second one, proclaim to those who hearts are broken. Third one, proclaim to those who have been arrested. I don't know what has arrested your health. I don't know what has arrested your finances. I don't know what has arrested your destiny. But today, you are loosed. Amen. You are loosed. Amen. You are loosed. Amen. Shout, I am free. I am free. He said, Pro- listen. You will not have that bad dreams again. Amen. Why am I saying? Because God said I should tell you. Proclaim to the captive. That what? Proclaim freedom for the captives. Receive freedom. I receive it. Financial emancipation. I receive it. Freedom! I receive it. Freedom! I receive it. When you come to church, forget all your problems. And connect your heart to 
A man, you see, me, I've seen how people have gone to church, just my dress, my coat, my trap picture, my post and yet their lives are not changing. Because what will change their life, they didn't pay, pay attention to it. Pay attention to the word I'm telling you, that God said as you proclaim to you that you are free. Amen. Uh-huh. And release from darkness for the prisoners. And release from darkness prisoners. So that means that there are people God will send me to, they are in darkness. And after my encounter with them, there is an anointing God uses on me to bring them out of darkness. Anyone in any form of darkness, as you shout an amen, you are out. Amen. Anyone whose health is in darkness, as you shout an amen, you are out. Amen. As you shout an amen, you are out. Amen. Any darkness over your health, your finances, your academics. Listen, don't wait to see me after the service. There is an anointing here. Anything that looks like darkness in your life, in your family, your amen is shaking the kingdom of darkness. Amen. So I continue. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wait. To do what? Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So this year, who is saying it is your year of favor? God. Who is saying it? God. So I'm here to affirm it. Amen. What I say? Say so for preaching and I say I'm saying now. I say every moon pet, every moon pet to form oil. Oh, oil. Now we can oh. Kataso, kataso, shenetem. Ah, now we can do now. Enkonye bubu. Ubu akonye ba kobe top. My God. Clap for the girl. <laughs> to proclaim the year of favor. Listen. To proclaim the year of favor. So realize that this one message, one anointing, but different functionality. So that's the same time when I'm preaching, is that when I get to a point, there is a prophetic word I release. And I will say, I see God giving somebody employment. Amen. You see, at that moment, maybe we'll be a draw. Applications, maybe, maybe. And that moment, the angel said, it is time to release the word. Amen. That's what that's why I said. Pastors or shepherds conveys words of hope. Never work with a pastor who always say, oh. Like, no, 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 no. Not in it. That's why I say, nobody will be poor here. Amen. When you step here, poverty, bye-bye. Poverty is a buffinary word. Buffinary things will be will be cursed in your life as well. Amen. I've seen many people walk into this family, and now they are, suddenly it's like they have walked into. A, you see, yesterday my friend told me something. Also, when I entered Botanical Gardens, I was coming. The moment I got to a place, I've, I've entered a different place. No, he was telling me. No, how many of you felt the atmosphere there yesterday? It was a serene atmosphere. Like heaven. And how many of you didn't even realize that the time was going? It was when I told you. You didn't realize it. Because even the sun was still out. And the presence of I had many messages. The presence of God was so mighty. The presence of God was so mighty. I said, Wow. Let me just say because people enjoy. Because the truth is, at a point, people were enjoying God. You see, there's a point where you pray to him, there's a point you enjoy him. This morning, I was enjoying God. Yeah, I was listening to worship and I was like, wow. At four, we've been down. Can I say mini or another? Satan wada. 
I was enjoying the presence of God. Look at that's why miracles were happening like Ape. The miracles. Look at the lady with 10 years hemorrhoid. Coco 10 years. And God, now, you see, don't laugh at the cocoa, but God, she said, it has disappeared. Ten years. Look at the ladies who had lambs. Seven years lambs. It melted instantly. Seven years. No, you see, if you're not a girl, you don't understand what a lamp is. We girls, we understand. We girls, we understand. When there's a lamp, eh, you can't even sleep like this. I'm telling you, you have to sleep like this. And when our crumbs come, we want to chew everything. We saw God heal two lambs yesterday. He melted instantly. No cobrao. I remember the lady who was in yellow. When I prayed for her, I said, Holy Spirit, you created this body. Heal it. And I went. And the lady was sh- like, her reaction, like I saw the shock because she checked it and she realized the thing is not there. I said, Kai, the Holy Ghost. Kai. As I stretch my hands towards you, something new is coming upon you. Something new is coming upon you. I decree as a servant of the living God, sent as a shepherd over your life. From today, your life is changing. So I read it. To proclaim the year of the Lord. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Shout, I am favored on all sides seven times. I am favored on all sides. 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 Now, have you realized that when someone obits because I'm not sure, one has to be suited to him? Yeah. It's like, okay, let me put it this way. You propose a certain girl. Like, you, were, you guys were so much close that you thought that the girl liked you. Only for the girl to say, oh, wow, ah, no. <laughs> And you know what they do? Stand up. Oh, a D. Ah. You want to spoil our relationship? You are my only my bestie. Oh. Please, we can't be in a relationship, but I'll always be there for you. Sir, some men or no? Me so you always be there. Hey, oh, we be there. So you realize that I'm preaching to him. Obey Obida. So you realize Obiania and you will come. But you see, when you come to church, the pastor is not as who preaches what you will do, man. What you will do, man. What you will do, man. So you see, there is somebody, maybe probably, pastor says that this year is so your favor. That means that anything that must work together will work together for you. Hey, and now, what you want? I'm telling you, there are people who said they, they vowed never to help you. You see, they made a vow under the heavens, but there is a God who sits in heaven. 
Now listen. The one above and the one beneath who is mightier. And you are a child of the one above. Listen. That is why I'm declaring that this year is your year of acceptance. I said, this year is your year of acceptance. Your year of acceptance. Your year of acceptance. Any door you have been knocking on, that has refused to open. From today, acceptance. Doors are open. Nations will accept you. Embassies will accept you. You will no longer be rejected. In the name of Jesus. When you read on and on, you realize that there are so many instructions, correction, rebuke. There are some pastors who never rebuke you because you gave a fat emblem. They always call you, my favorite daughter, bless you. Ah, Thou seest God, you shall prosper. No one is scanner, de brown. Sugar daddy, and I'm balancing on so balancing their money, papa. It's now she can give you money to a point that now, when you even see her do it by, you can't even rebuke her because if you rebuke her, she can't even give you money again. But if we're a genuine man of God, and if God is your source, you don't forget, you don't care about any human resource. So, in the mouth of your pastor, there is a word, and that word is a word of rebuke. You are dating a foolish boy. I should be able to tell you, stop this foolish relationship. You are living a bad life. I should listen. I don't care who you are, as far as you are my sheep, the rod and staff must work on you. The rod and staff. Uh, Antoinette, come. See this something I beckon. <laughs> rod after the rod in the head, Rod. Sit, sit, sit down. She had a dream. She did something. I said, You okay? I became quiet. And she had a dream. You were in a gym or gym. And I was supposed to train her, but I was not willing to train her. I said, I will not train. And I assigned somebody else to train her. And she said in a dream, The one training her was not training her as, as how I would have trained her. Let me tell the truth. This youth of our today, we need people who can tell us the truth in our face. Not people who entertain us. Some of us, your mother will never say to your baby because of your body. Nah, I'm sorry. Men are making body. Who do body? Some of you, nobody can tell you to sit down. In your life, at least, you must have two or three people who should, who should be able to say, sit down here. Don't go anywhere. You should have some people like that. Jesus said, whatever I see the Father do. Jesus at the point said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will. You should not always have your will as a human being. You should always sometimes submit to the will of the, of the, the, the direction of your shepherd. Am I talking to somebody? So I read 2 Timothy 3.16. And let's close. How many of you have been blessed? There are some of you Tell your son, 
It's like oh, life now oh, no. Nobody can rebuke you. Nobody can can say beke. Nobody can say you are doing a buffoonery. Let me tell you the truth. If you have nobody like that in your life, you are heading towards distrust. You should have somebody to rebuke you. How many of you have admitted that? Oh, I'm going to say something wrong. I say spirit. How many of you can testify? Oh, I say. You need somebody to tell you the truth. You need somebody to tell you the truth. If not one day, you may blame yourself for not submitting yourself to a certain shepherd. So what do you think? Read it. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Everybody look at it. Every scripture. Now, everybody want to, let's read it. Want to go Every scripture, that means every message the pastor preached is not from himself, it's from God. Every scripture is God given by his the inspiration talks about the Holy Spirit. Given by his inspiration. Profitable for what? Number two. For for and of so if I preach and there is no pricking in you, I know that I just came to tell you stories, not the word of God. Because after preaching, there must be an instruction in the word of God. There must be a reproof. There must be a conviction. That means I will say, Nyami primu akuma mo boni bi awudi. Uye mo mo bina oti boat e boni ente. Hostel fee enye two thousand. That kodi two thousand na nyami be tuaka. Ah, I'm telling the truth. You can't sow cheating and reap harvest. You also you reap it. And it must stop. I'm telling the truth. You may think you are being smart. But whatever you sow, whilst you are single, when you are married, your children will do the same thing to you. If it's after the helicopter and the school. Don't cheat your parents. Don't add up. If it's not this amount, just tell them thousand five. Just tell them that amount, and, and believe God to take care of you. Zechariah five. The Bible says the curse of the Lord is in the house of the thief. Anyone who steals, you carry a curse. Into a bono anti asia. A bono anti anti. Those are truly four papers. The word of God is profitable for instruction. So you are instructed in the way you live, the way you save your money, the way you. It means you are not wise. Why do you have to dress indecently? Why do I, why don't you want to wear brazier? Why are you showing your nipples all the time? Why are you giving us touch light? Is there darkness in our life? Hey, I don't come to this church again. I mean, I'm getting my nipples. Who do nipples? I'm preaching the word of God. So the Bible says the word of God is profitable for instruction. It, it, it will instruct you the way you should dress. You can't dress anyhow. Can't wear anything. Coco, baby. Coco, Coco, I'm telling you. Coco, I'm telling you. Because any right lady in his right senses will always dress decently. Any lady who dress half naked, to me, you are demon possessed. It's scriptural. If you are comfortable showing a part of your body, 
it shows that a demon has seized your sense of reasoning and is making you see in another path instead of you to see the right path. Because the Bible says that when Jesus delivered the madman of Gadara, he came back to his right sense and they covered him in a cloth. So that means anytime you uncover a part of your body, there's a demon of madness. I'm preaching. Well, Ben Mansona, you'll be out here to say, Henia, Baunim Seba, Henia. The word of God for instruction, reproof, conviction of, and for correction of what? You are saying yes, it's an error. It must be correct. You are saying yes to a boy, a buffinary boy. Of Uncle Bia. I'm he's the one, he's the one, he's the one. Uh, he's the one who has shown me mercy. Or the, or the mercy. <laughs> for correction of error, discipline in and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, in purpose, and in action. Look at the word of God. So in my mouth, there should be a point when I preach, the word of God should be able to help you to live holy. In conformity to God's will. I told one of my daughters this week, don't think about seven when you're praying. I said, hey, Apostle, this is full-time ministry. I said, hey, daughter of Zion. <laughs> it's not full-time ministry. Prayer, no. We need to continue full time ministry by. He said, "Then there." He said, "Eh, eh, eh." But I was given a kingdom mystery. Kingdom mystery. Seek ye first. That means you can have second matter, but the first thing should be God. I was given a kingdom key. So, say amen. amen. So now every scripture, every message from God, is profitable for instruction. So every message from God, if indeed I said the message is from God, it should function in one of these things. It should instruct you. It should reprove you. It should convict you. I entertain you. It means that I'm not from God to you. Go to another church. At the end of every message, there are some of you. The job you are doing, stop it. Chapter 6. Don't think of tomorrow because tomorrow will think of itself. It is the worldly people who are always conscious about the fact that if I leave this, what would I survive on? God, if God can't take care of you, he will not call you. You sleep for what? For what? Can't God take care of you? So, if I'm your pastor, I should be able to rebuke you. After I give you hope, I should be able to instruct you, convict you of sin, correct you of error, discipline you in obedience. Some of you, the way you talk to your mother is bad. You talk to your mother with your left hand. Man, leave me alone. Do you know what Colossians 3.20 said? Honor your father and your mother so that it shall be well with you. That means that no amount of prayer can avert the curse God has placed on you when you disobey that word. You can't dishonor your father and your mother. Hey, he didn't take of me. That man. You're calling your father that man. You're calling your mother that woman. And very soon, you also be that man, that woman. And you see how it is. Sometimes when you come to when you're preaching the word. Look at yesterday when I spoke about bitterness. Look how people came out. And somebody came up to me and said, this message you preached there, when you told us to forgive, I felt a cold breeze pass over me. That's the Holy Spirit. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this is pleasing to God. So if you want to make God happy, honor your parents. The God say, honor good parents. A father who took care of you. A mother who paid those school fees. He said, honor them. Whether they paid for you, they prayed for you, they took care of you. The Bible said, if they didn't do it, just honor them. And it makes God happy. And when God is happy, your life will change. Last one. 
the shepherd God gives us, they give us prophetic warning. Ezekiel 33 verse 45. Tell somebody warning. Before God destroys any generation, he warns them. There has never been a group of people or individuals that God destroyed without warning them. God will first of all warn you before he destroys you. Sodom and Gomorrah, they were warned. In the days of Noah, they were warned. In our days, are we not hearing warnings? So prophets are responsible for sounding the warnings of God to the people of God. Ezekiel 33, now look at it. Then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet. Give me NLT or King James. In the days of Jonah, didn't God warn the people of Nineveh? In the days of Noah, who was the shepherd? Noah. In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, I believe that Lot was their shepherd. Because Lot said, don't do this evil thing. In every generation, in the life of a nation, and in the life of an individual, before God brings destruction, he will always bring a shepherd who will instruct you out of destruction. When you neglect the instruction they give you, you enter destruction. When you neglect the warning God gives to you through your pastor, you will enter into destruction. Look at the days of Noah. Noah warned the people. Very soon, their world is going to be destroyed. Very soon this. So sometimes when you come to church, God wants you through your pastor that stop this fornication before it wounds you. Stop this stealing. It's a warning. It's a warning. You may overlook it until the destruction comes. I have seen many people come to me, but just pray for me. And I'm like, God warned you. God warned you. God told you to stop. God built an ark. Told and Noah said, the people should come. The people disobeyed. The whole world, only eight people entered the ark. It tells you how stubborn we are as human beings. How can Noah preach for so many years? Only for eight people to repent and animals. We are seeing now, only eight repented. And we still have people like that in this day. Whereby God is still warning us through shepherds. And we are still, you see, there are still people here who are fornicating. After all what I preached, there are people who are still fornicating. Or person you are be born and answer. And someone will say, ah. I'm going to show you a scripture I saw when I was telling Ezekiel. Now read it quickly. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 4. Then, if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, well, it is their own fault if they die. Now, go back. It simply means the alarm is supposed to stop you from where? Dying. Though if then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, what is the action? You turn. So as your pastor, my responsibility is to sound the alarm against any sin in your life. I warn you before God destroys you. Now, when you neglect the warning, then those who hear the alarm, if they refuse to take action, well, it is their own fault if they so death awaits any man who neglects the warning God gives. Death. You are dating somebody's father. We have warned you, you don't come out. There is something coming. You are stealing. We are warning you, you don't. You are, there's something coming. You are living a dual life. When you come to church, you are holy. But when you go out there, you are a different person. God is warning you. Listen, if they refuse to take the action after they are warned, it is their own fault. Don't blame God. Don't blame your man of God when you neglect the warning they give you. 
As I'm talking, there are people with pono on their phones. I'm telling you. Jonah chapter 1. So in the mouth of your shepherd, there is a message from God. There is a message of hope. Number 3. There is a message that corrects you, instructs you. Number 4. There is a message of warning. I don't know what she's doing secretly. But if she's doing anything secret, eh, as I'm preaching, God can lead me to mention something she's doing secretly. And he mentioned, one of me preachers said, oh, you must show that could be there. Like, something hits you in your heart. It is God warning you. It is God warning you. Look at it. And the Lord gave this message to who? Jonah. God gave Jonah a message to be given to who? The people of Nineveh. Verse 2. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Go to Sewa. Go to Antoinette. Go to Martha. Go to Martina. Go to somebody and tell them. Nobody can tell you. Listen, no one of you can blame God for destroying you without warning you. Now, fornication is not in a daily manner. Sexual immorality is not a daily lifestyle. A lady taking a picture of herself and sending it to a guy is not a normal thing. Such a buffoonery generation. Get up. Go to the great girl. I've made it great, but sin will make you dwarf. Sin can Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how my people announce my. Now, if God wanted to judge them, wouldn't, have God, wouldn't God have judged them already? But He gave them a time span. What was the time span? The warning. God is warning somebody here. And then we are to come now. We are going to say, "Jai." We are going to say, "Jai." And then we are going to say, "Jai." Now, who can you say, "Jai"? Now, we are going to say, "Jai." Now, who can you say, "Jai"? Now, we are going to say, "Jai." Now, who can you say, "Jai"? Now, we are going to get up and announce to my people announce to them and none of you can tell me that you didn't hear the good news. You didn't hear that God was rebuking you. Haven't you realized that when you're even watching something but God can even, something can tell you, stop, stop. Are, are you, are, God is warning you. Jonah chapter 3. Now, what happened when the king of Nineveh heard the warning? Something marvelous happened. Jonah chapter 3. The Lord spoke to Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go the first time and God spoke to him again. You see, that's what sometimes, as pastor say, when God is telling us to say some things, we don't even feel like saying it because sometimes we know that you're not here, you're not, you're not listening. But God will still speak to us again. Then the Lord spoke to Charles Nyaba the second time. So God spoke to me last week and I came to preach. And now he has told me to come and preach again. And what was the message? They got in the message. Let's look at the verse 2. Get up, go to the great city and deliver the message of judgment. God didn't change the message. God is not in a haste to change the message when you have not changed your life. Clap. You are still clapping. You are still clapping. You are still clapping. As of now. <sighs> You are, you are just leveled a little time. You see, look at the back. Look at the screen. What, the, what does it say there? Some of your time is about to be up. I'm, I'm, you may think I'm joking. You see, now, pastors pray for people whom God has cursed or God is uh, dealing with. When God, now, do you know that if you are outskirts of Sodom and Gomorrah, you may be praying for them that, oh, your family members are there, but maybe one of them is a gay, but you don't know. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the city. Verse 3. Look at something. They, this time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. A great city, so like that. It took three days. Jonah, it took Jonah three days to preach the whole city. He was preaching to them and wanted, stop your sin. Stop this. Stop weed. Stop. Some of you are still friends with people of the world. If I see you still committing, 
You see, if somebody you call your best friend is somebody who does clubbing, I, I give you one month, you join the person. The person you call your boyfriend, if the person is not in church, automatically you'll be in the world. Two people can never walk together unless they agree. They must agree. Unless they agree. When it's about the things of God, hey, if your man of God says, if your boy doesn't believe in the things of God, the man of God, and I may have suffered my body, know that you are dealing with a murderer who will murder you one day. You mark my word. Don't marry a man who doesn't have the fear of God in him. And if he fears God, he will honor men of God. Verse 4. Let's close. Verse 4. One day, on the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Am I shouting? Am I shouting? So you see, it's a prophetic message. 40 days from now, that means God gives time to every warning. Some of you, your warning can, listen, can cause you to die prematurely. So, I mean, one of went here, he can even cut your life short. It was against me, because God has warned them to stop the life they're living. Why? The wages of sin is what? Death. So, when God warns you and you don't listen, for, you, for him not to lose you, he will cut you off and you come to heaven straight. Maybe you may enter here. Verse 5. There is something they did. Now look at it. The people of Nineveh believe God's message. They believe God's. From the greatest to the. Come on, church. From the greatest to the. And they decided to go without food and wear sackcloth to show their sorrow. They repented when they heard God's warning. So the true sign of humility is when you hear God's word, you allow the word to rebuke you. Stop the clubbing. Stop the worldly message. Boom. Stop anything. That's what the Bible says. Anybody who loves the world, the love of God is not in him. You can't love God and love the world. You can't love God and love worldly songs. Verse 6. Look at what the king did. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, a king, look at what the king did. He stepped down. That's a sign of humility. Now, some of you, God is telling you to step down. Step down from that relationship. Step out. Step out of that friendship. We a group of girls. You are still part of their group page. And they discuss the sizes of manhood. Many we die. Say, and you are there. Evil communication, corrupt, good manners. Are you not wise that God is telling you, come out? And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness could not. If you are truly born again, let your friends see it. Don't hide it. How come you are the one who is born again? You are encouraging somebody to take a phone from somebody or to steal from somebody or like to live a worldly life. And he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal and he dressed himself. He changed. Verse 7. Look at what happened. There are many of you. I'm telling you, you are, don't pretend. You are living a dual lifestyle. You, only God knows what you do on your phone. Only God knows what you do on your phone. Only God knows what you do in the bathhouse. And only God knows how you dress in the midnight. But don't forget, the God who sits in secret is the same. You see, the God who commanded the day is the same God who commanded the night. You can't deceive him. And the king made a decree. No one, not even animals, may eat or drink anything at all. Verse 8. Everyone is required. You see, the king said to the whole city, change. After this service, we delete all the worldly songs. Delete the worldly contact. Delete anything worldly. And let God become your world. Delete it. Make a, make a decision not to have anything to do with the world. Your friends used to go out with you. Tell them no more. Why? If any man be in Christ, he is a new, new, new. 
So all the place you go, you have stopped. Now where would they find you in church? You are in a choir. You are, look at me. Hey. One day a man told my mother, I wish Charles was my son. Or now. But I say, I wish Charles was my son. What does he say? God's glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 9. Look at this. And the king said, perhaps even yet God will have pity on us and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When they made a decision to change, God's judgment changed. So no matter how God has decreed a judgment, when you make a decision to change, the judgment of God can change. Uh -huh. Verse 10. Look at the verse 10. That was the sweetest part. When God saw, read it. Want to go? Everybody want to go? When God saw that they had they are what? Stop their evil. He had mercy on. So God only shows mercy when you stop your evil acts. You don't pray for mercy when you are still acting evil. Still in the evil lifestyle. God will not show you mercy. Look at that guy and say, are you smoking? How many people like God has spoken to you today? He said, club, I am a fear. One go club, to me. Obebo one shot at the tetia to her and undress it. But how many do you realize that when you become a queen, you change your dressing? So if you are truly a queen in the guy's heart, listen, if you are dating a guy who can make you a modest girl, only the name, now watch the short, one can hear you. When say also need a shower, man, the name. Like, when you think that's enough, it's too much, kataso. That's why expensive things are not easily found out the outside. They are always in the inside. If you're truly expensive, hide it. You don't find diamond on the ground. You dig and you have you find it. So if you're truly a diamond, as the if the guy says, My diamond, and I will pick you a crown where you are queen, so anyway, I'll talk into the man of why are If you're truly a gold, when you go to a boss's mines, you have to use machine to dig. That means that if you are truly the gold the guy is talking about, it has to take him time because even machine, it takes you time to dig. So how can ask you there? It takes him, it takes him one week. I was say one week at a time. Hey. If he truly loves you, let him go and see your parents. Because your father has invested so much in you. Let him respect your father by... You see, if a guy sleeps with you before marriage, it means he doesn't respect you and your family. Am I a good pastor? Your father should be respected. If the guy truly respects your father and your mother, he will say, let me go and see them and say, thank you for raising such a wonderful girl. But if you're truly a wonderful girl, you say, if you truly love me, go and see my papa. Go and see my mother. Not me, oh, your biological parents. And when they come, you say, Daddy, please, this is the guy. What was that? Because, oh, about putting the minimum. That's what they know. Because, question is, but then your Young man, have you found somebody? He also knew why repent your own. Clap for the girl, she has repented. Be on your feet. Lift up your hands. May the one who blesses bless you Amen. and keep you. Amen. Receive divine visitations. Amen. All those who don't have what to eat this week, receive supply. Amen. Your phones will never lack Momo. Amen. Supernatural data. Amen. Supernatural ECG. Anything you will call supernatural, enjoy it. Your mother will be blessed because of you. Oh.
business will run because of you. Excellence. God bless you for listening to this message. May your life never be the same as you have connected to the word of God through his servant, Pastor Charles Inyaba. Connect with the man of God on Facebook and Instagram at Inyaba Charles.